0: Greetings. I'm David Tom, the founder and principal of BI uh, Advisors. We are a nonprofit organization dedicated to self empowerment. We're delighted to have Lena Patel on our show today. Welcome, Lena. Thank you. Lena is on the board of directors of several organizations, including the Asian American Hotel Owners Association and Lever Patida Samaj. She is well-known in our industry, especially among the Asian community, to be a strong advocate for women in hotel ownership. She grew up in our industry, cleaning rooms, doing laundry, working the front desk, and even mowing lawns prior to owning her first hotel in the early 2000s. She is also the founder and partner of Himalayan Glacier Tracking, L.C., and she leads adventure travel to Nepal, India. Lena, you have such an impressive and interesting background. Can you tell us more and share some of the key inflection points with us?
1: First of all, David, thank you so much for inviting me to your interview. This is amazing. And I really appreciate what you're doing to empower women and underrepresented hotel owners and leaders out there. I really appreciate that. It's been an amazing journey thus far, and it continues to build as we go along. I'm really excited to share some of the insights and some of the story. I love storytelling, so this is my game. I'm really excited to share some stories with you today.
0: Great to have you. Tell us about your career journey and how you became who you are today.
1: So I am a second generation hotelier. We immigrated to United States in 1983. Of course, like everybody else, we started with coming to one of our uncle's place and we learned. And then from there, we purchased our own hotel and continued our journey from there. I remember going through high school and college and universities that I would always schedule my classes around where I can be home in time to help my parents to do second shift. My parents, didn't speak English properly. So every day, my dad had a list of questions for me that I can explain to him on what does this mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? So I, it's amazing. I, we, I learned a lot from them. So that experience led me to not want to be in the hotel industry initially. So I stepped away and worked in the corporate world for 10 years with LexisNexis. It's an online database company and continued my career there and then eventually back into hotel industry 20 years ago by purchasing my first days in hotel in Cincinnati, Ohio. And here we are today.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a very interesting journey and not unlike a lot of immigrant families, it's uh, learning things through the School of Hot Knocks. And But that's a great way to build character and that really helped us become who we are today. It's great to hear your story. Now, Lena, you lead a venture travel and you've actually led over a thousand people to Kailash, which is close to Nepal. And those journeys are difficult and not without challenges. And I'm sure there were a lot of surprises along the way. Can you share some experiences of those journeys and what your learnings are?
1: Oh, absolutely. That's one of my favorite topics. I started, I've always been attracted to mountaineering even growing up as a teenager and would always do lots of local heights and, and which led to Hiking Everest base camp in the year two thousand eight with a all female group of women from three different countries, four different countries. It was four of us women which we accomplished Mount Everest base camp. That opened up so many doors for me, where uh, I was approached by a Nepal based company to partner with. So we formed the company in two thousand eight nine in United States, and in two thousand ten, I remember leading my first group of 21 to the Tibet side of the Himalayas where I've never been. And it was my first time that we led, and it was absolutely an amazing experience. I have a great team of Sherpas and porters and cooks today that travel with me. And since then, it has been nonstop every year I take one group of people to the Himalayas and lead them. And here we are today, 13 years later. And it is my wellness journey. And it is my philanthropy journey that I feel that I am able to give back to the world. And um, it's taught me a lot. Lots of challenges along the way. Lots of last making decisions, altitude sickness, evacuation, everything happens. But when I come back, the difficulties that I faced, the skills that I learned there, I was able to apply it to my day to day hotel life. And I thought, oh, this is easy. Yes, this this can happen. The challenges there, the challenges we face in the hotel industry was nothing. It just made life (laughs) so much easier for me.
0: (laughs) Sounds like those trips toughen you up.
1: (laughs) Yes, it did.
0: It's interesting also that you call those trips wellness trips and philanthropy trips because it helps you and puts you in better spirit.
1: Absolutely. It's something that I feel like it, 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 I would have never thought of it growing up that I could do, but I'm able to step away, step outside of my box to be able to do
0: something like this. Wonderful. Now, you alluded to your owning your first hotel then in, in the early 2000s. I mean, those were very early on when it's very difficult for women to own hotels, whether it's from a brand standpoint or insurance standpoint or the finance uh, lending standpoint, just very difficult. Tell us how things have progressed over that period of time. Are there still a lot of challenges that women face and what can we do about that?
1: Yeah, like today we have... So many organizations and br- many brands that have come forward and collaborated and created programs specifically geared towards women hotel ownership or underrepresented hotel ownership. And it, it's a blessing. Last year, Ahoa launched her ownership, which I know we'll talk about it more later. But we have h and with Forward. We have brands, m- multiple brands that have their own initiative that have put together so it's a blessing education is out there connection is out there network is out there for women to just take on this opportunities some of the challenges we still continue to face i believe are in the lending sector it's difficult even till today to be able to as a woman to walk into a bank or a lender to apply for a loan first question is oh where is your husband is can, we have to have your husband's name on it. So things like that, those challenges are still there. But I am very confident that L three as a whole, collectively, we will be able to make some necessary changes that needs to happen to move forward. Back twenty years ago, when I had my first hotel, it was a old boys club. I'll be honest with you, it's very difficult to gain insights and. We always learn from peer-to-peer and by networking. So it's very difficult for, used to be very difficult back in the days for women to just walk into a room with many men to have that conversation because women were always the back, behind the scene in the hotel industry. They were the backbone of the industry, but they were always behind the curtain. But now you see more and more women in the leadership position and you see more women in the ownership position.
0: That's so wonderful to see. It's finally time women taking leadership position and ownership, as well as in brands. But it's uh, regrettable that the lending institutions still aren't awakening awakening to reality. It's just shame to hear what you just said that they want to have the husband or they require a husband to show up to approve a loan. That's just ridiculous.
1: Yes, and they go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but they go through this list of five or 15 things of, okay, is this here, is this there, is this there? And it's all through paper. So, of course, on the paper, it may not seem like I'm qualified, for example, as a woman, because I may be the co-partner of a hotel, and the main person would be my husband, for example. So, those are the kind of changes that need to happen. And it's happening. It's happening. We held a lending panel at our HER ownership conference last year. We invited some of the bank owners to come and participate. And we have been in conversation with them and asking them to make some changes specifically that are geared towards women ownership. What can we do to understand that this is a qualified women hotel owner?
0: That's great that we're all working together, industry and associations and different people working together to improve the situation. That's wonderful. And you talked about EHOA or the Asian American Hotel Owners Association her ownership program, which you're really proud of because you helped to co-found that program. Tell us about that, please.
1: Ahoa has always provided a platform for women to network and learn and grow since its inception 30 some years ago. It's always been there. There has always been town halls and networking and seminars and all that that are specifically geared towards women's advancement. Last year, after me being on the board for past six years, we've held over 60 education sessions and networking events throughout my leadership on the board of AHOA. And so it was never really, rec- I feel like it was not really recognized what AHOA was doing for women's advancement but since last year we branded what we've been doing and we called it our ownership and we launched the conference after a few years obviously we went through pandemic so we weren't able to do conferences and we held the conference we launched that we invited brands to come and talk about the initiatives that they're taking for women's advancement in hotel ownership we invited other organizations the lenders the insurance company everyone to talk about what we're doing what are the resources out there and we gathered them all under one roof along with that we also integrated a wellness program with that so every other session we had a 15-minute wellness session which allowed us to be able to focus and concentrate we had So much material we covered in two days that even till the last session on the last day pin drop silence and hundred percent focus was there because we integrated this wellness session into it so it was a fantastic event i'm very proud of where we are with our ownership program and it's going to escalate even more than where it is.
0: Kudos to everyone involved in this her ownership program at the whole. I've heard lots of people talking about it and kudos to all those involved. That's great. Now, Lena, you've served on our whole board for six years, and then you were also the first female director on the LPS board. Why were you so interested in serving on these boards and why are you so interested in giving back?
1: Okay. One thing for sure that led us to do that, my brothers and I grew up being our uncle, be part of the community and the servings and the volunteering that he did. Uh, Since we were teenagers, we've always watched him. So he has been our mentor and our guiding light to be able to take on, move his legacy forward. We initially moved to Nashville, Tennessee, outside of Nashville, Tennessee, And that's where we were, and we watched him be part of the community, as well as the hotel organizations. And that's what led us to be where we are. Why was I always involved in that? I've always had that passion. I remember my son is now a fourth or fifth generation, fourth generation hotelier. I wanted to make sure that he stays connected with the culture and the community. So LPS was started by the same forefathers that started Ahoa back in the day. And it's very dear to our hearts. And it's a great way for all of us to stay connected throughout within. I remember I used to take my son back in the day to some of the LPS board meetings, which we can talk about it later as well.
0: That's just so wonderful to hear. And I have such great admiration for the Indian community that are so tight-knit. It's just like big family. It's just very heartwarming to see. Now, Lena, you've come through a lot of difficulties. You've had a fair number of setbacks and disappointments. What experience can you share with us, and can you tell us about your learning?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. In hotel industry, we've gone through so many different cycles over the last 20, 30 years on setbacks and di- disappointments and the, the crisis in 2008 and 2001 and pandemic, and we've all overcome it. But I'll be honest with you, every time that we've had these setbacks as a community, as a whole, that has always opened up so many, we've come out so much stronger. Every, in every setback that we've had. My personal journey, I remember in 2008 and 9, when you know everybody was going through what I was going through, I was on the verge of losing my hotel. I started getting connected and, and getting involved in attending a lot of the or meetings that, with organizations, local chamber of commerce and everything out there that I can and put my hands on to learn because I realized that, the best learning is peer-to-peer learning. We learn the most, we gain most insights when we are networking with people. And I, since then, and that helped me to overcome my challenges and find answers and to be able to save my hotel. So I always say this, even to my son, that do not underestimate the power of involvement with organizations and peer-to-peer learning. It is by far so much highly weighted than even classroom learning.
0: I totally agree with you. I think the best learning that you can get through all these difficulties is really that peer-to-peer learning. There's so much good advice all around you. You just have to go and ask them. Ask people who are going through the same situation. There's so much to learn.
1: Yes, we're never alone. That's one thing we realize. If I'm going through something at my hotel, I'm sure there's somebody else going through the same thing.
0: Let's talk about mentors and sponsors. Have you had people that helped you along the way, who mentored you, who sponsored you? And if so, tell us about that experience and tell us how you think others can find Mentors and sponsors to help them.
1: We are surrounded by mentors and sponsors on our day-to-day life. It's a matter of recognizing what we can learn from that individual. I learned so much, for example, from just having a communication or conversation with my housekeeping team. I learned from my front desk team. I learned from mentors within the organization at a high level, conversing with CEOs, conversing with anyone. So it's not, it, it's not just one mentor that will help you through your life. I feel that this recognizing what you're learning from uh, anyone that you have that conversation with is what matters. I tend to fill my cup with advice that I get from different different people and pull it out as i need it as the situations occur another way is social media nowadays there's so many things out there that is that you can read through and watch to learn from and also look sometimes we tend to look outside of the box on oh i need a teacher or i need somebody that can mentor me it's more looking within your circle your inner circle to find that
0: mentor and this is consistent with some of the comments we've heard from other leaders who have talked about that mentors and sponsors don't have to be formal and and to please look at every situation as a learning opportunity and you can always learn from people
1: yeah
0: very good now lena you're very well connected in the industry it seems like everybody knows lena <laughs> so tell us about your secrets to networking.
1: It's always hoteliers, particularly women, get so inundated with the day-to-day life. From waking up in the morning, to attending to the hotels, to attending to the children. Many in within our community are multi family living together. So the day just goes by so fast. So we don't give ourselves time to step away from that to be able to attend. So for me, I always feel like get out, take that time away. I know it's difficult to step away from what we're doing on a day-to-day life. And we feel like we may struggle with that, but step away to go attend an event and to go network because you will come back learning so much more when you are on that platform. I remember throughout my six years on AHOA, having town halls and events that are specifically geared towards women hotels across the country. And when I'm making phone calls and inviting them, first thing I say is, if there's an issue of childcare, bring your children with you. I will have a table there for them with activities, so they can sit there and do their activity and they can still learn. And in many instances, children have attended our events. And they have actually participated in our discussion as well.
0: That's so, so thoughtful of you. Wow. How, how ingenious. I like that. <laughs> That's wonderful.
1: I, said, I used to take my eight-year-old son to his board meetings back in the day. I thought, yeah. I don't have babysitting. I'm taking him with me. And he would sit there in our board meeting, listen. He'd have his games and artwork to do. And it's amazing because children listen. They listen and they admire and they watch us. I remember coming home; he would just have conversation with me about, "Mom, what was that topic? What were you guys talking about? Tell me more about that." And I just feel like it's, it's amazing to have them ex- have that exposure for children.
0: Why well, it must have been such a wonderful learning experience for your son, mm-hmm. and I applaud LPS for being so progressive for allowing that to happen. Absolutely, that's great to hear. Now let's talk about the. Um, imposter syndrome a lot of us have that when we don't feel comfortable being in a room or at a table we feel like we're not good enough to belong there or because there's a lack of diversity or for whatever other reason have you experienced that and if so how do you overcome the imposter syndrome
1: Oh. Many times, I'll be honest with you, I've been the only woman in the room or on the board meetings or at the table or any meetings. Yes, it's overwhelming. But what I realize is that preparing myself more than what's even necessary is what makes me feel so good when I walk into that room. Like today, I prepared myself so well before our interview today. I was very nervous coming on with you and but that's what it is preparation is number one key understanding that other people aren't thinking what you're thinking when you walk into that room it's not the same feeling there that's not what it is it's what your thought is that's making you have that imposter syndrome
0: but oftentimes we are our own worst critic just very natural for most people that i know now, that really ties into the next topic, which is how trash. We tend to be very self-critical and we tend to be negative in a way that we think about ourselves. Some of us do anyway. How do you deal with HedgeFresh when you do have those negative thoughts?
1: Oh, yes, those negative thoughts. I almost want to say I have a draft of Prosecco, but I shouldn't say that. But no, we all have those. Overall, I'm a very positive thinker. Sometimes I feel like I live in this bubble of positivity and life is grand and great. But of course, we go through those moments in our life. And um, uh, the best way to deal with that is talk things through. Talk to yourself. Talk with your thoughts on what it is, because answers are always within us. Talk with your family, your friends, your peers, your support group to talk it out. And also I tend to remember a difficult situation I may have had in the past that, and how did I overcome that? And all those things helps to get rid of that negative thought in my mind.
0: Yeah, good advice. Thank you. Taking risks, you've taken a lot of risk in your career. Tell us about some of those examples and what we can learn from that.
1: Okay, overall, I'm a very low risk taker. But obviously, there has been always been chance of taking risk. especially being in the hotel industry, you never know which way the market is going to, again, preparing yourself, know what's out there, what's available, connecting with people, networking peer to peer, all of those things is what helps us to get through difficult times. For example, we're going through a reno- complete renovation with our hotel right now, and the difficulties we're facing is finding folks to come behind the renovators to do all the deep cleaning and whatnot, and it's just a struggle. It's always a struggle every step of the way, but we always find ways to figure out what we can do to get that, get through that.
0: Things always work out. <laughs>
1: Things always work
0: out. (laughs) The famous saying, this too shall pass, no matter how difficult it seems, this too shall pass. (laughs) Absolutely. But do you find that taking risk is necessary if you want to broaden your horizon or gain knowledge on something or benefit you in other ways?
1: It's a balance. I do find myself at times to be able to step outside of my comfort zone for that risk-taking. But then again, it's all about preparing myself, knowing and having that knowledge. And once we have that knowledge and understanding, then that risk-taking, even though it's a high risk, you feel like you've done your homework and that chances are high that we will not fail and that we will continue. And so that's what it is. It's just preparing yourself to be able to... And then at that point when we fail, then it's okay because we know we did everything we possibly can.
0: Unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our show, running out of time. Can you leave the audience with one last piece of advice? This show is about self-empowerment. So what's your final piece of advice for us?
1: Oh, You know, never stop learning there is always room to grow and learn in this life. The word retirement just does not exist in my vocabulary. I remember talking with Bipin, my husband, when we turned 50, we're both 52 and 53 years old now. But oh, when we turn 50, we'll retire. And obviously we're like, oh no, then let's continue doing what we're doing till we're 65, till we're 70. We're putting this number on our head. And then last year, I met a woman from Idaho, a hotel owner. She's 80 years old. And I had a conversation with her. She still continues to run her hotel, and she still also has another on her side, and she continues to do everything she's still doing at that age. And I came home after that conversation, and I told Vipin, we're never retiring. There's no such thing as retirement. We're going to continue to do everything we possibly can for the rest of our life.
0: So you've got to be learning, continuously learning, and broadening your horizon because that is what gives fulfillment to our lives. And retirement, you're just moving on to a different phase, right? Yeah. You still have to be productive and find fulfillment. Well, I appreciate your sharing your wisdom with us, Lena. Thank you again.
1: And thank you, Mr. Kong, for inviting me for this interview. It's been a pleasure and I really appreciate it. It's very easy for me to converse.
0: (laughs) Thanks again, Lena, And to our audience, if you enjoyed the show, I hope you'll visit our website, deiadvisors.org. We hope to see you there. Thank you.